as things changed, if you want to stay current, you kind of have to adapt, right? So Facebook and Instagram and all that became the it thing. And so it was just kind of by default, my clients stopped asking for postcard design and started asking for help me with Facebook and create these graphics for me for my Facebook page. And I need to be on Twitter and Instagram and I need this for Pinterest. That's just kind of the natural progression that my business took. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host. If you happen to have something interesting that you think I would enjoy hearing it may be about a new product or service or an experience you had, shoot me an email, john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. I am kind of excited because I have a series of interviews coming up with instructors, just like you, discussing the differences between teaching at a big box and a private studio. I've got a number of, that seems to be very interesting people who um, are going to share their thoughts as far as, you know, What's the same? What's different? Where do they find their success comes from? So you can look forward to that going forward. I have been around long enough so that I'm not afraid to admit my personal failings. And after six years of doing the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast and sheepishly replying to people saying, John, how come you're not doing much on Facebook? I will admit that I actually had hoped that it would go away at some point. But unfortunately, I don't think it is. And so I have made a decision to become more active there and deciding that I'm probably not the right person to ask as to you know what needs to be done, I decided to find an expert. So joining me is Courtney Lee, and she's a social media expert. And she also has an interesting story of uh, how fitness has changed her life. Courtney, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm well. So tell everybody your story. Okay, it's a long one. We'll try and wrap it up quickly. So let's see. In When I was pregnant, so my son will be six in June, I had one of those pregnancies where I literally ate for two, probably more like six. McDonald's, Diet Coke, everything, all day, every day, supersize. I supersized myself during the process, gaining over 100 pounds. I stopped counting at 100 Um I think I finished that pregnancy somewhere around 320 pounds. How tall are you? I am 5'8". So I was very large. (laughs) Um, So then my daughter came out shortly thereafter. And again, I I only gained 50 pounds that time around. uh, But that still left me finishing at the 320. And uh, so then life carried on. I carried on being that heavy for quite a while, and just about two and a half years ago, the bell finally went off, things kind of finally aligned, and I just started one day and haven't looked back since, and that is, uh, I think, 140 or 150 pounds ago. I've kind of lost track. Good for you. Yeah, and in the process, I'm now a certified cycling instructor, so... There's the short version. <laughs> That's awesome. And you've got a wonderful site at treadmillrunway.com. Yes. 
where um, it's beautiful. Thank you. You're a social media person <laughs> and you're graphic and you have all of the things that I need. That's why we're talking. Uh, but you do a great job of sharing your story. Plus, you share a lot of before and after pictures that I think it may not be um, directly of interest to someone listening to this, but they may know someone. And I would suggest that they uh, use you as a as an example because as instructors we often listen to this podcast and you never know it might help them relate to that person that's sitting in the back row you know that kind of thing kind of getting inside their headspace wondering you know what's going on how did they get there what are they thinking about that kind of thing and interesting uh, and everyone heard that you're in Canada I am I gave that away already how long has it yes. been <laughs> two minutes in I did well Oh, awesome. Uh, where exactly? I'm in Ontario. It's about an hour west of Toronto. Okay. And, and do you have a scheduled class at a studio someplace? I do. I have two scheduled classes. And then I often have quite a few subclasses during a week. So I can teach anywhere from two to nine in a week. Got it. Where do you teach? Sorry. I teach at uh, the Athletic Club in uh, Waterloo, Ontario, where the Blackberry is made. Oh, yes. the what? The, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Tell me, you know, now that you bring it up, and people listening, you know, we have a general scope of what we want to talk about, but occasionally I hear something of interest I want to explore. Through your process of weight loss, yep. at some point you started participating in fitness classes. Yes. Okay. How were you, or, or what? how did you feel going into them? Um. I always have chosen group fitness over, I mean, I did do some stuff on my own, but I, I chose group fitness because once you're in there, it's really awkward to leave. And so you have to commit to the full 60 minutes because if you walk out, sometimes the instructor will follow you or people will kind of, you know, you don't want to let everybody else in the group down. So you're going to keep going for that full 60 minutes, whether you're dying or whether you're actually, you know, you're, you're finally fit enough to keep up for that full 60 minutes. So that's part of kind of what got me started in Group X. And then I, you know, I grew to love it. I do, I do enjoy it. Obviously now I teach it. So I think that's what got me into it in the first place. I started doing boot camps and things like that. And then uh, once I lost a bit of weight, I switched to uh, a bigger box gym that had a wider variety of classes, including cycle Um but I don't think I picked up cycle like as a group X activity until well into the weight loss. Just it wasn't of interest, actually. Um, Did you feel comfortable being a larger gal? Um, uh, yes and no. Um, I was always fairly strong. Didn't matter how large I was. I was always fairly strong. So I could always rely on the fact that I could lift heavier weights than the smallest person in class. So that kind of gave me confidence. I don't know if I hadn't been as strong, if I would have been as confident to go in there and kind of keep up with everybody else. So, Did you feel accepted? I did. I did. I had a few great uh, small local boot camps that we participated in, and uh, that helped. And then once I moved to, like I said, the big box gym, it was, yeah, it was great. It was nice having, you make friends and you kind of have this little gym family thing going on. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to be in the group versus just walking out there alone on the treadmill or trying to run all by myself and that kind of thing. So, 
how did you get into social media? It, that was just kind of a natural progression. So I do have, uh, I went to school, I went to college for marketing. And uh, as things changed, if you want to stay current, you kind of have to adapt, right? So Facebook and Instagram and all that became the it thing. And so it was just kind of by default, my clients stopped asking for postcard design and started asking for help me with Facebook and create these graphics for me for my Facebook page. And I need to be on Twitter and Instagram and I need this for Pinterest. That's just kind of the natural progression that my business took. So um, I've done a few continuing education courses on it and uh, that kind of thing and learning by doing. Got it. And so in your contracted you're kind of a you work what half time part of it's your mom part of it you're working for others uh yeah well the kids are in school full time now so I get uh, my days to myself so I do my stuff 50% of the time pretty much so planning my classes etc and working on my own website and then the other 50% of my time I work for clients and find new work and exciting stuff like that I'm trying to think of how to describe myself. You know, I mean, obviously, I've been on, uh, online for six years. You know, we've been publishing the podcasts and the website. Google says I'm the most authoritative response to somebody looking for indoor cycling instructor information. And yet, there's a few more on that list that I should be more involved in. What would they be? Sorry, so you're asking. So, so I'm so I'm on iTunes. I you know I have my website. You know, I've done a little bit on on YouTube, I'm on Google Plus. What other what were the main components that I'm missing? There's other great places to share your content. Things like I mean everybody's on Facebook. As much as we all want to not like Facebook, everyone's on it. Everyone checks it a million times a day. So that's a necessary evil. Then you have Pinterest, which is also a great place for um driving traffic from. It's one of my number one, you know, traffic referrals. How do you use it? So when I write a post, I'll write, you know, a little, a little blurb. And say I'm sharing a, uh, one of my old playlists. I'll make some kind of, you know, catchy graphic saying, oh, what was the last? I think I did one for St. Patrick's Day and said something about a St. Patrick's Day playlist for indoor cycling, whatever. Put it up there. But the trick is I don't actually include the playlist and or the cycling notes in that graphic. Because if you do that, there's no reason for them to click over to your site. So you make a graphic that's catchy enough for them to pin it and either come over right away or to come back and check it out later because that's how you're going to drive the traffic. If you give them everything up front in that graphic, they'll never come to your site. So it's kind of one way I use it. I also use it for you know recipes and workouts, all with the same kind of thing. I keep all the good stuff on my site and essentially put a little teaser out on Pinterest for them to come over. Um, I use. Okay. So, so, but they all are interreacting, interrelating. So if uh, if I'm an instructor and I'm trying to get people to go to my uh, instructor page on Facebook, you know, I could, you could do the same thing. Yeah. You can pin, you pin all kinds of images. Like say you have an image that you've posted on your Facebook page about, you know, motivational saying or something like that throw that image up on Pinterest. You, it doesn't hurt to cover your basis. Um, the people that cruise Pinterest on a Friday night and Saturday night looking for motivation because they're starting their, they're starting their diet on Monday or they're starting whatever you want to call it on Monday. 
they're looking on the weekend for, you know, all their motivation and they're, they're getting everything ready kind of thing. So it's easier for them to find all that stuff on Pinterest than it is to find it on Facebook. And in addition to that, if you've taken that image you've created, put it on Pinterest, they find it through either like a keyword search, like so hashtags, um, etc. Then in turn, they come over and they like your Facebook page. So now you've got them following you potentially on Pinterest and on Facebook. So that's always a plus. And uh, the other big one right now is Instagram and or Twitter. I mean, you don't have to do them all. I pick, you know, three to four and you can do those really well. So no need to spread yourself too thin uh, because then you're not going to do any of them awesomely. There's no point in doing that. So you might as well pick two or three and really own them. Okay. So let's say I'm a studio owner. Uh, where, where should I be? Well, definitely, like I said, you should be on Facebook for sure. I use Instagram. So I would say Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Explain the difference between Pinterest and Instagram. Okay. So Instagram is essentially instant snapshots of what's going on right now. So say you had a class that came in at noon and, you know, they really rocked it out and you wanted to, you know, share that with everyone. Snap a picture and say, our noon riders did, you know, great today. Thanks everyone for coming out uh, and that kind of thing. And you can tag all those riders and creates a conversation and that kind of thing. And Pinterest is where you would put more, um, I I guess, non-urgent things. So that would be like your motivational tips or how to set up a bike properly. Um, You know, the best, five best kinds of cycling shoes. What kind of outfits do you wear? Um, The top five stretches for cyclists after a class. So resources would be a great kind of thing to keep on Pinterest. And on Instagram, you're showing like behind the scenes, um, instructors, you know, day-to-day life. Here's so-and-so schedule for this week. That's all stuff you can put up on Instagram. Do you have problems with taking pictures of people? In my classes? Yeah, I mean, do people say, hey, don't take a picture of me, especially at the end of class? I know. My uh, club actually has a no photo policy. So I sometimes break that and take a selfie every now and again in my classroom once everybody has left or before they get there. Or I will take a shot of um, my bike setup, so where I have like my notes and my water bottle and the, and the console. Or I'll take a shot of all the empty bikes in the room. Um, but I am not allowed to take photos of riders. So Got it. That kind See, of, I recognize that as a problem I, or, or yeah, potential issue. Absolutely. Um, and that's one nice thing I've noticed about the boutique studios that I've, I follow on Instagram and Facebook and all that is, I mean, people welcome it. They want to be acknowledged for their hard work. So I think that's part of the problem with some of the larger chain gyms is they just have to appease so many that they just have the rules right across the board. Like absolutely no photos. Uh, you're not even really supposed to use your phone in the club. Um, exactly. well, yeah, and and, you, and if, so, you're, if you're a big box instructor, I don't care where you teach, this applies to you probably. Yes, basically. So um, I'm sure I could probably get in trouble if they found my, if they found my Instagram feed. 
Yes. No, I know I've broken a few rules with lifetime. But I I always make sure that there's no there's no riders in my uh in my photos or you know, any kind of people in the background. That kind of thing. I do have one rider and she's absolutely fantastic and she posts I can tell when she's doing it. She takes Instagram videos in my class and it's the funniest thing. And I try not to laugh as I'm teaching because I can tell when she does it because she makes funny faces and she rocks her head back and forth. and um, like, like she's doing something naughty. Yeah, and it's absolutely hilarious. And I, I mean, I can't stop her. <laughs> so I get a kick out of it. But it's great promotion for me because she's having a fantastic time. She tags me in her photo and says, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rocking out to this awesome playlist with my awesome instructor and then she'll, she'll tag me in it. So it, it works for me. So we all need to recruit one of those people. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because they're members, they can do what they want. Exactly. Exactly. So she's not going to lose her job for taking that video. I would. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like people, that's why they come to indoor cycling. Like they're giving, they're making the choice to come to a studio versus a big box gym because clearly they love cycling. That's why they're there. They're usually pretty fun people. And if you ask them if, you know, you can take their picture, what the worst they can say is no. And there's always somebody that wants to have their picture taken. Really? Right? Oh, exactly. So, well, and, and again, I would suggest if you're going to try this, do it at the beginning of class. Because, yes. Because um, I've, I've done that many times. Can I take your picture? No, not after I'm all sweaty. And, or, you know, you can do it before and after. Like, here's us before, and then you show them after, and they're just absolutely soaked, and they're just like, you know, destroyed from having this awesome class. So you show them before all happy and, you know, looking great, and then you show them after, and the makeup's running down their face, and they're sweaty. And that, you know, that looks great for you because mm-hmm. you've, you've just delivered, you know, an amazing ride and people are going to see that and be like, oh, wow, that looks like an insane workout. Right. So, and yeah, and I guess from that perspective, people aren't going to feel um, judged because they obviously, like you say, they just got crushed in your class. Well, no, and if there's and 10 other people that look just as bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And uh I think it's there's a saying that's something like if you still look pretty after your workout, I don't think you worked hard enough or something along those lines. It's one of those motivational things exactly, that you Exactly. Exactly. So Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we all have someone in our class that looks the same at the beginning and the end. Oh yeah. And then you and you wonder well, <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting because this does tie into, you know, the conversations I'm planning to have shortly about or with these other instructors that are teaching both big box and boutique. And I think you've identified, you know, a a freedom that a a boutique instructor has Mm -hmm. to potentially do things like this. Absolutely. You know, uh, you don't have the corporate attitude that, you know, that puts the kibosh on any kind of external media regardless of where it comes from yep interesting all right courtney uh, tell me where do you find you mentioned you know these little motivational uh things that you can post where do those come from i mean there's all kinds of books out there with a million quotes in them if you go to google and put in like uh motivational fitness quotes etc like a million things are going to pop up 
and they're quotes that, you know, famous people have said, you may have some very, you know, deep instructors that come up with these fantastic quotes. Um, and so don't be afraid to use them. And, um, you can create, it's best to create your own, uh, your, your own version of it, your own branded version, because then you put that on your Facebook page and on your Instagram and, and of course on your Pinterest. And there's chances that someone's going to pick yours and re repost it, repin it, regram it, like it, comment, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so nobody really owns a quote. Um, I'm trying to think of a few that I have that are that are really well, good. Before you go there, help me understand, because you mentioned that you take it and then you create a graphic out of it. Right. How do you do that? I have a graphic design background along with the marketing end of things. So when I first started my website, <clears throat> I forget what, I picked a day of the week and I would always post some kind of motivational fitness tip or something like that to, you know, keep, keep A, myself going and keep everybody else kind of motivated and they could print them out, put them on their fridge, put them, you know, wherever they want, make their foam background. Um, so I use, um, a graphic design program to do it. There is all kinds of apps you can get for your phone, for your iPhone, your iPad to make little, um, little quotes and, you know, put your logo in there and all that good stuff. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of different ways to do it for some of my clients that's what they want. Like, so I'll create 40 or 50 little, um, little sayings or images, and then they have them to use when they want to put them up on their Facebook or their Pinterest. And they just kind of save them in their, in their bank of stock images that they have for themselves. So that's something that you would do for a studio owner. Yes. Yeah. And then it could incorporate their logo within the, the image as well. Yeah. So we essentially brand the quote to their specific studio. So, I mean, six studios can use the same quote, obviously, because like I said, nobody owns a quote, but it's how you package it. So how you package it with your logo and and the branding and all that stuff makes it what's attractive to somebody. Well, that's interesting Uh, because I see Karen Kessler at CB Cycle Barn doing that. You know, she'll, or she'll do that just with images. Right. She's got her little logo on the bottom. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I wonder how she does that. So there's, like I said, there's apps that you can do. You can just like overlay a watermark, um, an image watermark on it. So there's like, I have one of those on my phone, um, for putting images out there. Um, there's, well, and I'll, and I'll get that from you and I will include that in the, the post. Yes, absolutely. For this podcast. All right. So you're going to help me get a little more active on Facebook. That's our plan. Yeah. Okay, so what's the first thing you're going to do? So the first thing, when I tried to find you yesterday, even though you told me you had Facebook, I could not find you anywhere. Right, well, I have, um, a, I have a personal Facebook. You do, which is what we discovered. You have a personal Facebook. So what our first step is going to be is to convert that personal Facebook because everything on there isn't really personal. It's all about the indoor cycling instructor. Um, so we're going to convert that personal profile over into a fan page is where we're going to start. That'll be our step one. And then going from there, I mean, there'll be a few things we need to change um, graphically and so on. And then we'll go on and building the likes and finding other things to like. That's a good tip for when you're starting a Facebook page, you're starting from scratch. Go on, find things to like that your clientele might like. So um, 
think about things like different brands of cycling shoes. What kind of water does your studio carry? Like that, that, like the brand of water, um, clothing companies, music, like music art, the bike you have bikes. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, a good example of that was, you know, Schwinn came out here a while back with a, with a free iPhone app. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, allows you to add the queuing and notes and everything, which is really cool. Yes. And uh, so I could like that and you away I go. Absolutely like that. So you go in, that's called cross liking. So you get started doing that. That will in turn put content in your feed and that'll give you things to share. So you'd be like, oh, you can share that Schwinn app. That would be a great thing that's of interest to your potential audience. So you would then share that. Um, once we get the page set up, uh, we can share the address with all the wonderful listeners and they will, of course, run over and like your page. Exactly. Um, and this will be podcast number, just for reference, 307. And there will be a link to my Facebook fan page right. that, that you can like and, and we'll, we'll all like each other. Exactly. It's going to be one big happy family. Fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so once we get that set up, you find companies to like and you know things that may be of interest to indoor cycling instructors. Essentially make your Facebook page a little you know, a little knowledge base. And we don't, it's not necessarily just, here's the latest podcast, here's the latest newsletter. It's things that may not be included in either of those things. So when people give away a Facebook like to you, you want to give them a why. So why would they come? Why would they like your page? Right? That's it. Yeah, you yeah, exactly to, right. You have to give them exactly. a reason. Why, why am I coming here? Are you going to give me a discount? Are you going to give me something for free that I'm not going to find somewhere else, uh, that kind of thing. So keep that in mind, like when you're, when you're setting up your page, why? Like maybe write that down on a paper, write, you know, five to 10, why are people going to come here? When you're creating content, keep those things in mind. If you're struggling for content, go back to the why and look down the list. Well, they're coming here because, you know, they want to find out how do I stretch after my class? Well, we're going to give them an article about, you know, stretching for cyclists or um, yoga for cyclists or, you know, that kind of stuff. So become a resource for them, not just a place to sell them. That's, I guess, part of, you know, the the self-promotion part of it is something I try to stay away from. Because, you know, when we start, when we I started the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast, it was really designed as a platform for, to promote what I call smart, talented, passionate people right. in our industry. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of interviewing hundreds of them over time and recognize that, you know, that this platform needs to be promoted. Exactly. So the, the takeaway there is just remember to add value. So things like article, content, motivation, etc. And it's not always about selling. So if you provide them enough value, you're going to sell yourself, basically. Awesome. All right. Courtney, if someone is interested in uh, communicating with you, what's the best way to reach you? They can find me on any of pretty much any of the social platforms with at. Of course they can. You're right. <laughs> um, at Treadmill Runway. Or we can leave my email address in the, uh, in the context, I guess, or however you want to call that. Uh, in the post, but we'll give it though okay, so, so people have it. My email address is Lee at gmail.com. Okay. And what's your dog's name? My dog, yeah, that's Mac, and he has a barking problem. 
<laughs> That's okay. I have a Max, and he has a barking problem as well, but it's early here, and he's sleeping. All right. Well, Courtney Lee, I appreciate your time and your help, and um, hopefully bringing me into the 21st century here as far as social media. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.